Welcome back, everybody, to River Do's and your good old River Don'ts. Uh, we're going to be talking about what kind of podcast we are, because I'm fucking <laughs> up the intro. We are a Riverdale review podcast where we go through one episode of Riverdale every single episode. We talk about our River Do, the thing we liked in the episode the most, our River Don't, the shittiest part of the episode, and our weekly weird, that unique bouquet of baffling choices and unmotivated decisions and uh strange production ideas that conspire to just completely annihilate our brains uh each and every week on riverdale uh and truly the reason that we're still here uh anyway yeah 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 i'm i'm rob in fact i'm arlie i'm quinn Today, we're going to be discussing Chapter 43, which is the eighth episode of Season 3, entitled Outbreak, directed by John T. Kretschmer and written by James DeWill. It has to be a step up from last episode, but that doesn't mean, like, it's good. <laughs> now, we're still wallowing in the, in can, the mud. Can you hear the pain? <laughs> we're in the slime right now. It's <laughs> slime time. Yeah. Slime. <laughs> yeah, we're in the slime. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's figure out what kind of uh, swimming stroke we want to do in the slime. I think I'm gonna do an Australian slime <laughs> crawl. <laughs> I prefer. Uh, and you know what? That's fine. Each of you just grab onto one of my legs. We're going. We're going into the breakdown. We begin with Jughead narrating about how it's a day like any other uh, that, of course, was worse and darker than it seemed, uh, which in Riverdale is just like every day. So I don't know what he's talking about. All of a sudden, a zillion students start having seizures, just seizures left and right. Uh, masses of people just like going down. I feel at the like same the Vixen time. Squad has never been so big as it was in this scene. Just it was so that wild they have, like, how a, many Vixens a writhing there were. mass of cheerleaders having seizures. Yeah, they they hired. <laughs> yeah, they definitely recruited new cheerleaders to have seizures. <laughs> we do an audio overlap to Ethel running a G and G game, and of course narrating the exact events of the seizure outbreak. But of course, she also then says, you hear the heavy scraping footsteps of some horrific monstrosity right as a nurse comes up to distribute fizzle rocks to the girls at the table. Uh, so there are some implications here. At this point, being a game master in G&G is sort of the equivalent of being the organist at a silent movie screening. You just riff on everything that's happening from a completely outside of the narrative perspective. Like... Ethel is aware both of what's happening at Riverdale High and what is about to happen to her, and she is, like, meta-commentating on all of it at once. This looked so much like there was going to be something where playing G&G was going to, like, help decode a mystery because of, like, the game being made by someone involved in the mystery. But no, it really, they have just gone full on with, like, if we're playing G&G, you are allowed to just meta- like say everything that is happening or will happen in like fantasy terms and, uh in order to fill it the gives script you scrying power i feel like we've already discussed this we we have and they're going to talk about the origins of gng this episode and it's going to make me shit my pants <laughs> it's so fucking weird <laughs> look forward to that god Damn Jughead it. and Archie arrive at a junkyard and we see jellybean for the first time yay hey. jellybean uh i have a question for both of you, headed into the next mm. scene, though, is vintage tea a thing? Vintage Not narcissus as... tea? You you mean? 
Let me just get these really old fucking leaves. I don't care really about the uh, exact blend. Uh, can tea be vintage and old? not simply expired or spoiled maybe yeah. or dry maybe and gross? she meant like a vintage blend that's hard to find. I don't fucking know. It's no, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Maybe it was supposed to like okay. sound like cool, alcohol, cool, cool. but it's just tea. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, so Cheryl's looking after Tony and giving her vintage Narcissus tea. Uh, and we learn, you can't hear this, audience, but I'm frowning. You, We we <laughs> learn that the Blossoms have a family physician. Uh, and Arlie, do you want to tell me what this oh, doctor's name is? Oh, his name is Dr. Is? Caligari, and no, I didn't write that down. Dr. Caligari. I didn't write it down, I just remembered okay, it. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah, sometimes references can be used <sighs> to... Um, comment on themes or characters or or do like clever foreshadowing and then sometimes references are like this one where you just put the title of a movie in your show hmm. veronica yep. wakes up back at the pembroke uh having been taken there during her hold episode on to now. Hear her parents hold on. arguing cheryl invites tony to live with her yes which is we, at we least do a get nice a really oh, yes, sweet that moment is right. between and, them and, and, and tony more or less is like yeah let's, let's and then she together. says as long as I get to be the big Because we're dating in high school, this will definitely last Listen, forever. Listen, lesbians do not get a lot of happy things in media. Let them have this. Sure. Riverdale sure, said we're here for the lesbians. We're not here for good writing, <laughs> but we're here for the lesbians. <laughs> That's decidedly <laughs> true. Veronica wakes up back at the Pembroke to hear her parents arguing. They appear to have decided Veronica is better off returning to New York uh, under these circumstances. She is not fucking interested. Veronica then meets Reggie at Pops and asks him why everyone's acting so crazy. Asking if Jingle Jangle is a thing again and pointing out that it is so last year. It's not the huh. jangle. No, it's not. It's not the jangle, quote Reggie. Your dad is now distributing a new, different drug through a new, different gang. We have fully rebranded the plot of last season, but by God, we're doing it's, it again. It's, it's like... If, he, if something is patented, the thing that copies it has to be 30% different for it to be legal. This is mm. what this feels like. Yep. Like, Hiram was was maining Ryu last season, but he has switched to maining mm -hmm. Ken. That reference was uh, lost on this me, this season. Okay. It's a Street Fighter thing. Veronica tasks Reggie with finding out all he can about this Fizzle Rocks phenomenon. Because I know that if I want to, like, bust a drug ring, I am putting Reggie fucking Mantle on the The smartest and man in Riverdale. <laughs> and as she does this, she she's talking about the gravity of what happened. And she talks about all the things that Hiram has done and says, good people like Archie got hurt. Which is where my Archie's a good person thing comes up again. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You mean the domestic mm -hmm. terrorist? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. So back at the junkyard, Jughead's mom is like, this is very confusing, <laughs> folks. She's happy to see him? What happened? <laughs> Remember how she just straight told him not to uh -huh. come be part of her family but earlier? Now, she says. Things are different now. She recognizes that yes, rooster this is This is called out by Jughead, and all she says is, that was a different time. And I'm like, okay, you motherfuckers better follow up on this. Although I was not <laughs> No, I'm not holding my breath either. <laughs> but she does say, I recognize that rooster top. Archie Andrews? I'd recognize those abs anywhere. This is only slightly less terrible than that. I yeah, frankly hate uh, the phrase seems, rooster top. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> and I then, mean. and then, and then she thinks that Jughead must be more of a rooster bottom. <laughs> hey, Gladys said gay rights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she thinks Archie and Jughead are dating, and it's very funny, you guys. I think it's very sweet uh, because the concept of two men dating is is inherently comedic. Uh, We're is so this a callback to uh, when who was it that pointed out that Jughead and Archie were the only ones of the main four that hadn't kissed each other? Is that a, is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, or maybe that's something that I thought about. Anyway, Anyways, a it fucking weirdo named Lugnut <laughs> informs yes! her that another weirdly per- named person Tail named Tailpipe <laughs> has brought some parts My or some notes. shit. And like, there's a there's a horror movie sting in the soundtrack when Lugnut shows up to talk about Tailpipe. What it's the fuck is this? Because they're Chop Top's cousins. <laughs> well, so yeah. My my notes absolutely say this MF named Lugnut. <laughs> yeah, this bitch really named Mr. Dig. <laughs> anyway, Alice then visits Betty at the Sisters of Quiet. Oh, Mercy. she says some wild shit in this scene. Oh, okay, this. Mm. So she just tells Betty that the mass seizure at Riverdale High was quote the same one as yours, and that whatever she had must have spread to the Vixens. Contagious seizures, folks. Alice is glad that Betty is, quote, safe where she's at. And, uh, okay, help me. Betty looks, just stares right at the Gargoyle King vision board and doesn't say anything to Alice about what's happening. Even though Alice is staunchly anti-G&G. And completely motivated to help her daughter here. Even though she's been a total shit recently. And it's her fault that Betty's here. If if Alice knew that this was a, a nest of G&G bullshit, she would not want her daughter to be there anymore. Yeah, probably not. And like, we just cut the scene. Mm. She just doesn't tell her mom that there is weird cult shit happening and that they're being fed drugs. It's true. She just doesn't fucking tell her. I want the, to like, slow down again and talk uh, about... What, some of the crazy shit that gets said in this this scene because they're, they're writing lines for this show, I gotta say. <laughs> like, motherfuckers out here writing lines. So, she talks about the mass seizure and she says that it afflict, afflicted the vixens. And then, Betty's like, wait, even Veronica? And then Alice just goes, she's one of the fallen. Yes. <laughs> yes, God. she is among the fallen. I forgot about that particular line. The fucking mm. fallen? What the fuck? Makes it sound like she's dead and died in battle. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna point out that, like, at this point, every female character in the show just speaks like a weird mix of Veronica and Cheryl. Yes, like, like the constant references and like overly flowery ways of saying stuff has just fully infected everyone without a dick on this show. It was fine when it was just those two because it was funny. And now it's just and, like fucking And when they were distinct. But now it's just like, there's just this this sort of way that the girls talk that sucks. <sighs> yeah, they all speak um, in weird like, referential purple prose. And it's it's confusing. But yes, yeah, so, so they, they don't, even though they have like, aligned motivations in this scene she does not solicit any help uh because that would ruin what's already written i guess 
God forbid they have to write uh, a good show. Betty spreads stories around the ward about how close she and the Gargoyle King have gotten now after she got thrown into the chapel Again, the this is and so Ethel confusing. And blatantly takes the bait on this and gets super jealous about like, it. Like, it's so strange again that she's actively antagonizing Ethel. It's, it's a yeah, little her weird. Yeah, her end goal with this is just like, you couldn't have achieved that any other possible way, really? I don't know. Uh, she challenges Ethel to go talk to the king and prove that she is making up stories and that she is not truly the new favorite. And uh, uh, she, of course, locks Ethel in the chapel, presumably to detox her in a, like, basement, out-of-the-way location or whatever. But it seems a little much because, like, last time we were at this very room, Sister Woodhouse came by, like, with one of the girls, right? Like, like this is not, like, not going to be observed. So, like, how is no one going to hear her slamming on the door and screaming. And, and like, more to the point, like, how is no one going to notice that one of the patients at this secure facility just is missing? I have no idea. But that's what we're doing, I guess. Also, there is a uh, horror ad break here where we have something unseen menace Ethel in the um, chapel and she screams. But, like, wasn't the Gargoyle King just her celebrity crush at this point? The fact that she would be scared in this situation it's makes really no sense. It's really strange. It's really strange. And, yeah, like... Betty definitely lays out, like, okay, the Gargoyle King's a drug-filled hallucination. There's not really a Gargoyle King in there. It's the Fizzle Rocks. Uh, <laughs> but then she's like, yeah, she locks her in there and walks away. She's absolutely horrible. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, Ethel is scared for no reason because we needed yes. a commercial. So it turns out there's just a Gargoyle statue in there. Mm, like, Gargoyle King's not in I'm going to correct you there for a second, statue. Rob. It's just a gargoyle statue on top of an enormous pile of skulls. That is true. It is very extra in there. Like, very, like, Eastern Orthodox, just catacombs of bones. But Ethel's not fully convinced that, like, the Gargoyle King's completely fictional, because she's seen him outside of Sisters of Quiet Mercy, as has yeah, well, as which, has Alice, hey, as has FP. Good on them for answering a question that was going through my brain. Because I'm like... Like, how would this possibly convince her? Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Right, like, I've seen the Gargoyle King other places. <laughs> I cannot even with this next scene. Holy shit. Hazmat-suited thugs just fucking bust into Riverdale High and start disappearing people, Department of Homeland Security style. Uh, Weatherby points at Veronica and shouts, That's one of the infected! <laughs> the school's a hot I, zone now. They use that phrase, hot zone. I... I, hot zone. I, I I did realize at this point that my biggest mental emotional task in this episode will be to separate the uncomfortable post 2020 vibes out to avoid being distracted from the sheer stupidity, which is what I am here for. That is my sacred charge and trust is the dumb is the dumb shit. Not the fact that like, oh, this plays differently after like the yes, pandemic, or, during, or I should say during yes. the pandemic, because January 1st didn't do any magic spells. Everyone's still out here dying. It is actually December 33rd now. Uh, <laughs> we're yeah. stuck in the loop and we're not getting out. But anyway, yeah, they, they, they just, they just start grabbing. There's no announcement. There's no order. It's just people in hazmat suits, just, just ripping people out of the hallways and out of classrooms. It's insane. Reggie tells Veronica that the gargoyles, they, they, the new, that's the new gang, the fucking gargoyles, the ghoulies, the gargoyles, and the serpents now, uh, giving out fizzle rocks for free to hook new customers and that the drugs uh, are coming out of the prison as we already sort of knew, but I guess this is confirmed to the characters now. Yeah, just confirming that it is a drug prison. <laughs> yep, drug prison. Uh, it was very easy, uh, by the way, for Reggie to just find all of this out 
off screen. So like, again, no one is keeping any of this a secret at all. And I'm really um, starting to wonder, we talked about this in the last episode, but like are fizzle rocks a good or a spoiled high? Like I, I can't tell. Like, we might need to just bust out the flowchart. It might be a flowchart issue. Again, it's secondary this... triggers. It's like, what's the what's the environment or the situation? Right. Like, is this a topic for your bracket show? It could be. Who knows? <laughs> so Veronica just storms into a meeting that is framed as maybe being a school board meeting because the school boards are making, like, decisions about this right now. But, like, it's the Lodges, Weatherby, Penelope Blossom, and Alice Cooper. So, you know... The adults that we had on hand for this episode already. Yes. Uh, And she just blurts out to these people what Hiram's plan is. And then Hiram says, oh, we talked to the CDC, but they didn't want to help. And the hazmat suit guys were from a private concern. Not terrifying at all. And the South Side is a prison and not a drug factory. That doesn't make it better. Just, just, just a series of declarative statements that deny his culpability, which is, as always enough for everyone to be convinced you're doing this no i'm not (laughs) no it is not a drug prison it is actually a prison prison and then everyone's just like yeah mic drop yep that's fine like they react like oh man he really got her like he really proved his innocence by saying that he was innocent and that it was not the thing she said but the thing instead that he well you know how when someone goes to trial the judge says you did this and they say no i didn't and then (laughs) There. <laughs> and then he hits the hammer and they say, you may go. That's how trials go. You are free no to one go, has ever sir. been convicted for a crime uh, unless they've asked for it ever. Uh, Hiram cracks wise about Jughead accusing him of being the Gargoyle King. Everyone laughs the whole thing off. It's all shockingly stupid, but I do feel duty bound to point out that this is exactly how it works when powerful and connected people are obviously guilty of crimes in mm-hmm. real life. Yep. So it should be crazier than it is. Cheryl says that Hiram's on her shit list now. <laughs> she does uh, and then penelope has a scene ending seizure <laughs> jughead and archie appear to have caught up uh jughead's mom on like all previous episodes of riverdale uh <laughs> and Jellybean, while getting super thirsty about archie calls jughead kid kerouac which i thought was very funny yep that was funny for sure Jughead's mom is disappointed about uh, all the gangbanging that they've been doing i realize how that <laughs> sounds just as i typed the notes um <laughs> The gang-involved activities. Jughead is disappointed, (laughs) in turn, about, you know, being abandoned by his mother. It's a valid thing to be upset about. Archie gives them some space, I guess, and Penny Peabody jumps him, puts a knife to his throat. Whee! Look, she's back. (laughs) Uh, Jellybean pulls up on her with a fucking slingshot. Peabody tries to call her bluff, but it is not a bluff. She just gets her fucking head (laughs) cracked open. Like, she's she's down for the count. I really like Jellybean, actually. That was pretty good, yeah. Uh, Blatantly just the scrappy kid archetype, but, like, look, when it is served among this other shit, it's like, ah, good. This boring old trope is so good. It's great. I love her. Um, Upon waking up, Peabody discovers that she's about to get tortured by Jughead's mom for fucking Jughead up so bad in I season two. I hate this. They don't. I hate the torture uh, stuff. It's just bad. Don't do torture. There is, uh, in this show that sometimes veers way, like, tonally jarringly dark here and there, there is specifically, like, a cycle of brutal violence and rep- and reprisals between Jughead and Penny yeah. Peabody. Like, more than anyone else. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty bad. They really just take turns mutilating the shit out of each other. Hiram basically tells Veronica that she's right about most of the plans that he has. 
and just does the Darth Vader speech. Like, come be a bad guy. It'll be great. <laughs> no, it's yep. super weird. Like, because he gets so dramatic. Like, he's cranking it all the way up. <sighs> of course it doesn't work. Like, why does he think this will work? <sighs> just, why does anyone think anything that they're going to do is going to work in this show, frankly? Because they're all stupid. Yeah. Jughead's mom, while wiping blood off of her hands, scolds Jughead for being so obsessed with G and G that he's missing the whole point of Hiram's plan, which is to take over Riverdale. Um, we will find by the end of the episode that, like, they're both kind of right and both kind of wrong. Betty calls Veronica, who recruits Cheryl, to get information out of Penelope. Betty then takes uh, Sister Woodhouse hostage at well, sharpening the stick hold on, point. Hold on, hold on. I gotta say, the dialogue between Cheryl and Veronica is wild. Like, Cheryl says that there are shades of the Legion of Doom. She also says, quote, my TT has fallen. <laughs> I know it's Tony, but Jesus Christ. My TT has fallen. Yeah, that's uh, the little known sequel to Olympus has Fuck. fallen. But he fucking takes Woodhouse hostage at stick point. It looks like it's just sharp stick to me. I don't know what it is. Sharp stick. Perhaps a crucifix derived Catholic ship. Oh, God. Turns out Torture revealed that anyone helping Archie is also a bounty target for Hiram and that Jughead's mom and Archie think that it's basically best for Jughead to get out of it and Archie to head for the Canadian border uh, to disappear. Uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy interrogation time. Uh, so they test drugs on kids because somehow it helps them fix broken children is what she says, although it's clearly like an indoctrinated line, but like... This uh, part just is so they, just, they love torturing kids here, and like if they're going to be given free drugs to make it more torturous, they're going to do it. Uh, but it still doesn't make any sense what Hiram's getting out of this or why he's doing it. But we learn, as Quinn previously alluded to, crucial information that G&G &G was invented by troubled kids at Sisters of Quiet Mercy to cope with their fear of something that they called the Gargoyle King. The Sisters of Quiet Mercy later co-opted the game as a tool to brainwash children. So the Gargoyle King predates Griffins and Gargoyles and Griffins and Gargoyles was invented by just like children who were afraid of him. They invented Hellcasters <laughs> and yes. Radiant Knights and Elderbear and Red Paladins. Although that's only if we take those as like canon, which I'm well, I got to talk about that in a minute. I know. <laughs> Betty seems to think that they can force Sister Woodhouse to confess to authorities what she's done, but uh, that doesn't make sense. Like, can't she just say that she, like, anything that she said to them was under duress because she was, like, literally having her life threatened and she was captive? Yep. And Like, why, why would she say, like, if the cops show up, why would she say, yes, I am a criminal, I am, I am bad, I like to torture children, it uh, is how I come, <laughs> and uh, like many adults in this season... Like, why would she not just be like, oh, yeah, these girls, like, we have all this documentation showing that they're mentally ill and they tried to kill me or, like, hold me hostage. And, oh, thank, please, please beat them up, mm -hmm. uh, sir. I thank also you. have to say it's really weird when Sister Woodhouse, like, says it was never meant to leave these walls. It's too powerful. <sighs> I mean, like again. G&G is, as we've seen, just magic. Although we have not yet seen evidence of the magic doing anything but making characters who play it stupid. Yes. Yep. Smash cut to Cheryl blasting her mom with syrup. Uh... Yeah, like, do we want to talk about, like, the syrup bukake festival that happens now? Like, this next scene is, like, it's bad to watch. She gives her mom it's a bad sticky to look maple, at. and I hate it. Uh, Cheryl and Veronica are torturing Penelope, who is tied to a chair, just by throwing buckets of maple syrup to the face. In order to get answers. 
And Cheryl makes a ham-fisted Silence of the Lambs reference. Where she's like, or it gets the syrup again. She says that, and then shortly after, very shortly after, refers to her mother as, quote, a ghoul-lunatic. A portmanteau <laughs> of the words ghoul and lunatic. Okay, Quinn, I, I memory hold that instantly. That's not in my notes. I'm going to ask you. Is that fucking real? It's real. It's in the subtitles. It is in the captions. Ghoulunatic, one word. Yes. Ghoulunatic. (laughs) Fuck. Which sounds like a bad Pokemon. (laughs) There are people. There are people employed to make this show happen. (laughs) That's like I said, Riverdale is good for the economy. That line Bad for has my mental health. <laughs> it's good for the economy. Is Riverdale too big like, to fail? It might be. Yes. That line to me has the feeling of being ad libbed. Like I'm like, maybe she just off the cuff used the phrase "galunatic." If she did, good job, Madeline Patch. Giant I fucking brain. Love her. She's she's However, genuinely really funny. I if, I really enjoy her. Like. Even her presence on social media like doesn't make me cringe and want to cry. I enjoy her a lot. It's possible that she really, really, really knows how dumb the show that she's on. Oh, is. Like, she has no, definitely no does about it whatsoever. She definitely. Uh, does. We know that Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt are, are are completely aware. They are in a they are in like a game of chicken of like who can get fired first, and it's the funniest shit in the world. They both want to be off that um, show so bad, and they're both like yeah. the main characters. Uh, anyway, so now they're going to try to bust the girls out of Sisters of Quiet Mercy, but they don't want to leave because constantly doing drugs and playing role-playing games is basically awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Betty points out that the kids in the gay conversion wing need their help, especially, and it is unclear in how it's framed in this scene whether that means that they have not yet talked to those kids about the escape plan or if they have. Either way... Somehow, they did not first approach the kids being actively tortured, or if they did, those kids were like, nah, we want to stay. Like, one way or another, this is really weird and bad. I just assumed the gay conversion population was, like, milling about with the rest of them. Oh, no, it's a wing. No, since it's a gay conversion wing, that actually makes everything way worse. Well, like, so what this, yeah, again, what this means is either they went there, and the people being tortured in the gay conversion wing were like, we want to stay and be tortured some more. Or they didn't go there first to recruit people for the escape, even though those people would obviously, like, really want Mm -hmm. to help them. So it's very dumb and weird. Betty's genius plan is to turn escaping into a G&G quest. We're going to gamify the thing, like, trick these kids into eating their vegetables. Uh, And she and Ethel invent the Griffin Queen to act as a good counterbalancing force to the darkness of the girl. You okay there, Quinn? It's too much, like... That that is weak, weak writing to me. What's the opposite um, of the Gargoyle King? The Griffin Queen. Like Ethel just immediately says that. No hesitation, no thought. Fred shows up at the Jones family junkyard, as does FP, who gets the coldest possible shoulder from Jellybean. Jughead's mom makes it real cryptic about whether Penny Peabody is still alive, but uh, you know, folks, Riverdale works solidly on comic book rules. Uh, you don't see the body; it's if, not if dead. There's not a dead body that we see, like. Like, why be sure what's happening in the story when you can just stuff it all in Schrodinger's box and use it later if you run into, like, a fucking scene you don't know how to end? Right. Yep. I was I was seriously 
questioning when FP showed up. Is the last thing we saw him do with Jughead handcuff him to the fridge? Is that the last interaction they is. had? Yeah, I think that probably Jesus is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Veronica then comps a meal at Pops for the Razzi, and uh, that means that they have signed a sneaky contract that requires them to help Veronica and Cheryl go to war against the bad adults. Ah, you shouldn't have eaten the fairy's meal. <laughs> God. <laughs> Ethel and Betty put on a little community theater to convince the girls to leave, and Betty has a big old pagan queen costume thing going on that they got the material. Yeah, where well, the fuck did she get that cape at is a question on, that on, I have. She Ethel starts this call to arms by screaming at everyone, like, paladins and hellcasters, healers and deadeyes. It's clear that there is a second edition of Griffins and Gargoyles, and we're just not going to talk about how it was, like, a second edition right. was put out, where Radiant Knights were changed to paladins. <sighs> but don't worry, I have an imagination and a functional brain, so at my table we can do whatever we want. We could play with both uh, Radiant Knights and Paladins if we wanted to, uh, even if we have to completely rewrite the game in order to do so. But that doesn't mean that we're uh, rewriting the game. <laughs> Shit my pants. <laughs> Um, Who shit myself? Fred and Archie do an emotional goodbye. Fred gives Archie Vegas to hang out with him, which seems pretty irresponsible. Like if if Archie's on the run, like how is he gonna feed the dog? Don't like that much. It's sort of cute to see a dog on the screen, but like that is not a good way to take care of nope. a dog. Anyway, that's that's that'll be my hobby horse. Veronica, Cheryl, and the Razzi go into Hermione's office. They just they just go into the mayor's office and say that she's not the mayor that anymore. She's like, you can't just depose me. <laughs> but there are sirens going off and something bad is happening. You're Ooh, too late. Scene end. We're gonna just like take that dump on the floor and <laughs> not clean it up. Like there's just there's a siren and we're gonna get the fuck out of that scene because like what just happened? Betty is confronted by Alice as she leaves Sister of Quiet Mercy at the head of a, like, you know, train of, <laughs> like, escapees. But those ding-dang sirens hit. Ooh, not finishing this scene either. <laughs> Jughead, FP, them boys on their motorcycles come back to town and invite a police barricade. Like, apocalypse, zombie apocalypse style. And the entire town is under quarantine on governor's orders. The governor calls Hiram, who thanks him for the quarantine. The governor literally says, may God have mercy on our souls. So. And Hiram says, not God. The, the king. king. And the gargoyle king is literally standing in Hiram's office. The end. That call with the governor, by the way, was just like mind boggling to me in its like staging and production. It sounded very fake, if that makes sense. Like, I know that these are actors acting. It almost feels like the the governor's script wasn't written when Hiram was delivering his half of his lines. And so he was just improving. Mm. And then they found a guy in a bathroom and they're like, hey, we need you to be the governor. <laughs> no, we can't leave the bathroom. <laughs> no, you don't have time to pull your pants up. <laughs> it, it has a strong energy of like, we just ADR'd it. Like we just yep. redid like this this scene was something else and it didn't work. But I don't believe that actually because they just have the scenes that don't work and they put them they in the show. Like they yeah. don't make things fit or make sense. No, so, so this like, was no, just this bad is what they writing. Were going for. Wow, that's the episode though. And um I guess I'll kick us off with my Riverdue, huh? Yep. It's the bad bathroom phone call. Easily. No question. <laughs> like the governor suggests like 
okay, the governor is saying, may God have mercy on our souls. Like, so Hiram and the governor of the state are up to some horrible thing that they know is going to have a huge human cost. What the fuck is this plan? And like, not God, the king, the gargoyles king standing in Hiram's office. Like, it's just like how I said, the way that like G&G is tied into everything, like how they are lining up for the most epic shark jump of all time. This just got like kicked into an entirely different gear here because Hiram is behind everything, but so is the Gargoyle King behind everything. And they're in cahoots and it goes all the way up to the governor of the state at least. And and like the, the fucking town is on apocalypse lockdown for, for like, we don't, we still don't understand why this has anything to like, what the fuck does having a seizure outbreak and an apocalypse lockdown have to do with making good money distributing drugs which you are also giving away to incarcerated children for free for no reason like it is such a fucking mess and it's at the center of everything now like there is nothing that is not about this anymore and so i'm so excited to see them just fall on their face and so it's the same Riverdue as I had a few episodes ago, only more powerful than ever before. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just like to request that you remember this particular scene that ends this episode at the end of the season. I will never forget <laughs> this scene. Like, this is the most, like, ridiculous. The stakes have never been close to this high in Riverdale. It goes ever. all the way to the top. It's fucking gargoyles all the way down. Yep. Yeah, the this was the thing. president is a gargoyle. <laughs> Yep. Uh, this was the thing where I was watching it and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Because I've seen the whole season and I'm just like, I have so many questions. <laughs> I forgot what happens between this thing and the thing that I'm confused about now. And I, at this point, I'm too scared to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do believe it is Quinn's turn, though. Riverdue. <laughs> this again this episode was tough you feel like you kind of had to scrape for it but i don't know i feel like cole sprouse and the people that they hire to play his parents tend to gel well like i don't know if anything like structurally worked for me with gladys but the way that she and cole sprouse like bounced off of each other worked for me believable that that's his exactly mom. like it, it yeah. felt it felt very believable it was compelling in that regard i think i agree yeah i liked that don't like the way she tortured no someone, no but, no. but also it kind of makes sense yeah i guess <laughs> i guess he comes by it honestly um my riverdue for this episode was tailpipe and lug nut because you know i love me those stupid yeah, fucking I, names stupid fucking <laughs> names tailpipe also fits his nut tats uh mm. <laughs> Imagine meeting a person that has the words tailpipe. I mean, lug nut also fits if you spell both lug and nut the cool way. <laughs> By which, of course, I mean L-U-G-G-N-U-T-T. What if it was L-U-U-G and N-U-U-T? Nut. Yeah, it's the it's their European cousins. Nut. <laughs> I'm the foreign exchange going to look good. Child pie pant lugnut. 
Borat voice ah. tailpipe. Real good. Real good. Uh, so, are we at Riverdale? Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> bring it down a little bit. Uh, I mean, my Riverdale is just, is Alice fucking visiting Betty at Sisters of Quiet Mercy and nothing happening because of that. Like, terrible characterization. Like, Betty wants out. She can escape simply by speaking to the person who is alone in the room with her and is looking at visual, like, uh, indicators of the reason she wants to get out and should get out and this other person would want to help her. And it just doesn't fucking happen. Like, so it's bad, stupid characterization and also a completely unnecessary scene. Like, there is no reason for this scene to take place. Nothing happens in it except for seeing that a thing that should happen doesn't happen. You just both shook your heads in perfect unison, <laughs> by the way. Like uh, for the for the listening audience, I want to point out that both of them shook their heads in sync with one another, with this like look of disappointment on each of their faces. Oh, it's rough oh, shit. Oh man, I feel like that's evidence enough that this is yeah, a good. It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. My river don't is gonna be the origins of G and G. That shit just sucks ass all the way down. It's bad. <laughs> Some kids made some, it up. Uh, like, yeah, some, some disturbed children made this. And now it's been mass-produced somehow. And, now it's, like, I, and how, it's connected to everything as a super conspiracy. How do we get from point conspiracy. A to point B? So, it doesn't make any goddamn it, no. sense. So, yeah, some, like, some children made this as a coping mechanism. And sure. it, it was too powerful to ever leave the institution, but it did leave the institution, and now it and is now the basis everywhere. of a statewide conspiracy, at least? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like and that's and that is every like again there is nothing not connected to it so the fact that it makes absolutely no sense how it even started is even better because there's there's no part of the show that escapes unscathed from this no it it affects everything also the more i think about that governor call and him ending it with not god the king i am being assailed by the vision of the camera slowly turning and there's just an Elvis impersonator gyrating in front of Hyrule. <laughs> yes. Maybe with maybe with some sticks and moss, maybe we can get Gargoyle oh, Elvis. Fuck. The king. That's gonna be my costume for Halloween. <laughs> mm. um, you ain't nothing but fuck. a hound dog. You ain't nothing but a gargoyle. <laughs> Pop and fizz around. God damn it. Uh, yeah, you know, you gotta gotta eat that uh fried peanut butter and nanner sandwich with uh fizzle rocks sprinkled I on. I think that would kill a man. <laughs> I, well I did. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. My river don't this week was the Penelope sticky maple scene. Mm-hmm. But specifically the- Hey, but like, specifically, it was hard for it not to be mine, too. But but specifically, the point at which she looks Cheryl in the eyes and, like, licks her bottom lip. Ugh. It was so fucking nasty. I My only note Ugh. on that, which is actually my last note for the episode, too, is just the word bad in all caps. Gross. Yes, love staring my daughter who I abuse in the eyes while eating, uh, sensuously eating a cum analog it's so, uh, on this network television show. It, it, that was like, 
far and away the worst part of the episode for me yeah mine my my river don't was based on like you know script writing and story structure and stuff yours is if if you want to look through the lens of like how it makes you feel to see it you are a hundred percent right yours is much worse mm-hmm. than mine yep. mm-hmm. i know this most of my river don'ts are like how did this make me feel gut, in my emotions and bad yes <laughs> this this bad 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 not like my least favorite thing that's ever been on the show I think that is still Mad World, but Ugh. this one's I mean, pretty, it's hard to beat. pretty far up there. It's like in the same vein yeah, this is, of nasty. This is, um, this is pretty bad. By the way, uh, just for those of you keeping track at home all the way from the beginning of this episode, uh, Penelope Blossom was, in fact, the last one into the swimming hole. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yep. Because Archie said last one in gets a sticky maple. Oh, God damn it. Remember? Remember? Uh, Remember when? I hate it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get weird. Huh? Why would you joke about that, Archie? It doesn't make any sense. So I have, uh, I have a runner-up, and like, I was sure it was my river, uh, my river weird. <laughs> I was sure that this was my weekly weird, but it got unseated much later in the episode. But the very, very beginning of this episode, the fact that there is a fucking outbreak of contagious seizures. We still haven't explained what the fuck is going on with that in this season. And it's been happening the whole season. It's this long-running mystery for which there are no beats of clues or investigation of any kind. It's just a thing that keeps happening that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, you just have a character say, you can't have contagious seizures, and then they happen. Yep. Uh, So that I was sure was going to be... It's not. It's absolutely not my weekly weird for this week, uh, which, you know, shows how powerful this is. Uh, my weekly weird is Veronica's perception of what her superpowers must be. She believes that if she comps a meal for the ROTC, they become her soldiers unto death. And she believes that if she tells Hermione that she is not a mayor anymore, she is not a mayor anymore. She just believes these things to be true. She's very dumb. Yeah, like, you're not the mayor anymore. You can't just walk in here and depose me. Like, she literally thinks that if a child says to a mayor that they are not mayor anymore, that that is official. Like, I don't think we even emphasize that enough. That fucking happened in this episode. Yeah. I feel like if that were the way things worked, uh, Trump would have been not president a long, long time ago. Uh, no one would ever be president. Exactly, because everyone would be like, you're not the president, I'm the president, and then we would all kill each other, which mm-hmm. maybe that would maybe that would be better. But Anyways. like, <laughs> it's, the, and like, you know, the show smoke bombs out with the siren, but like, that fucking happened. It, we're not going to forget. Your mother doesn't have a computer anymore. Same energy yeah. for it's ending the same the thing. It's the exact same energy. <laughs> You can't They just have run me. out of way. Like they, 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 they're setting shit up. They're like they're willing to spend more and more credibility on characters and and like what they've written before, just to get a little bit of drama, momentary drama. But they've like lost their ability to follow through and like end scenes. Like so, they bring up these stupid situations that smell like conflict a little. Uh, no matter what cost they have to pay to get there, but then they don't know how to like resolve anything. So they just say, "Ah, look ah, over here, boo." That's my uh, weird. Veronica believes that she can just literally rewrite reality by saying things. Mine, I gotta give a shout out to my boy, Galunatic. 
It's such a fucking weird, funny word. Like, why would you say that? Why would you call your mom a galunatic, even if she's horrible? Like, there's, I can't think of I mean, a situation right, in which though. I would call anyone a galunatic. She's right, though, is the weird part. Man, galunatic oh. was really fucking good. The only good thing to come out of that so scene. Bad. Oh my god. My my runner-up is going to be the way Veronica says narcos. Narcos. Um, yeah. Um, she, didn't, she didn't have to do that. She didn't. No, she didn't. Um, and my actual uh, River Weird, yes, it's going to sketch it The on. River Weird. This River Weird. My actual Weekly Weird is um, the phrase mass seizure. Yeah. Not the concept, but that they call it a mass seizure as though that is a thing. Like it's a thing. Like that's a recognized, documented like that's not, thing. That that's happens. not anything. Seizures aren't mass and they're not contagious. But they are because we, we just watched I, it. I'm, I'm pretty okay yeah. at, at suspending my disbelief, but there are some things that I just won't. I won't do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I feel defeated. This was exhausting. <laughs> like, this episode and the last one, like, real big disappointment after, like, the fun that we've been having. Yeah. Really, yeah. And I'm I'm honestly super grateful I only had to watch these episodes once. Because if I had to watch them, like, three or four times, like I have some of these other episodes, I... Ugh. It would have been horrible. I couldn't have done it. I think I probably would have given up at a certain point. I just, I, I shudder at what is to come. Both things I do and do not remember. Yeah. Well, we'll remember some stuff together next time uh, when we reconvene for season three, episode nine, chapter 44, no exit. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I think that was one word that you just said. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Welcome to Riverdance and Riverdance, where the excitement is manufactured. <laughs> <laughs> we're so we're all so like happy drugs to in a drug Fuck. prison um <laughs> thanks for joining us for river do's and river don'ts i've been rob i've been quinn and i've been arlie do your best everyone not to be a fucking lunatic about it <laughs> we'll see you later <laughs> bye bye <laughs>